Scripture tells us that our Lord is enthroned on the praises of his people. Amen? So when we are worshiping, when we are praising, we are saying that God is on his throne. He is our sovereign. He is in charge. So it is good and important work that we do when we gather together and worship, and we're really glad you're here. If you're a guest with us, welcome. Come back. Bring more guests. Uh, we love it. We love to have people coming from all over. I know we've got some parents in the house. We've got some visitors from other colleges are with us. Um, yeah, yeah, because we are that hospitable. It's such a good thing. We're glad you're here. If you're a guest, my name is Pastor Mary. I serve as the lead chaplain here at Calvin. It's a delight to have you with us today. A couple of uh, things that you should know. Um, we have a few Facebook pages that you may want to friend and or like, depending on the page. Um, Calvin Chapel has a page. The Worship Apprentices have, uh, have a page, yes. Um, I have a page. It's under Pastor Mary, so you can friend me up on that. Um, President Leroy has a page, so yes, yeah, yeah, so, so you can go like that, like it, all right? So just uh, ways to be in communication and know what's happening in the world, these are, these are important tools that we have. And then um, I want to let you know that after every service, there are coffee and cookies downstairs. Yes, this is an important thing. Um, and you may have noticed that we have people greeting when you come in, right? Very nice, very nice touch. These people don't just appear out of nowhere. I know, they're not like little elves. <laughs> they're actually students, and you too could be one of these students. So if you are interested in running projection, which we're guessing is going to work a little smoother in future uh, Sundays, um, uh, the joy of technology, if you would like to run projection and cycle through the slides, that'd be great. If you would like to be a greeter, that'd be great. If you'd like to help set up coffees and cookies. Coffees? Uh, <laughs> one coffee, normally. If you are, know American Sign Language and would be interested in signing the services, if you're like drama or dance or would like to be a prayer servant, you can sign up for all those things downstairs, out there, both places, both places. So out in the lobby and downstairs, you can sign up to volunteer for all these things, and the next week you'll meet the team leaders who coordinate uh, when you do which of those things, okay? So a very easy, low-hanging fruit volunteer opportunity for anybody who may need some sort of credit for such items in certain educational endeavors. Does that make sense? Okay? And also, um, it serves the community, which is something that Jesus likes, so win-win. Okay, so projection, greeting, coffee, cookies, signing, drama, dance, or prayer servant, any of those, sign up. You'll meet next week with the team leaders. That's important to know. And then when we gather here, we know that uh, you've been doing other things through the course of the day. We want you to know that when you come here to Loft, just come as you are. If you've been out playing Ultimate Frisbee and you're all sweaty and you're like, oh, I should take a shot. No, 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 no just come. Just, just come on up, all right? If you've been studying and you're in sweats and your hair's all like this, just come. All right, this is safe space. It's all grace in the place. All right? All right? There's no judgment in the house of the Lord. At least not from us. He, he may have other things to say, but... Um, okay? Good. And then, um, every week in Loft, we take an offering. And if you've been around, you know that the offering is for... Yes, excellent. That was the sophomores, juniors, and seniors saying Community Care Fund. Yeah, shout out to upperclassmen. Thank you, Sean. 
Um, the Community Care Fund is a, is a fund that's actually for students. So you give to the fund, and if there's a student in need, for example, we had uh, somebody just a couple weeks ago who needed a root canal done. She didn't have uh, dental insurance. And we were able, because of the generosity of last year's loft and the loft before that, to be able to help her out with her uh, root canal. Sometimes we have students who need to fly home uh, for an emergency because of a, a death in the family, and we're able to use that fund. Now, part of the reason we do this is to serve others, but we also want to develop in ourselves the muscle of giving. We think it's really important for Christians to give of what God has given you. We know all of you are in debt. We are aware. We know this. But we believe that God isn't sovereign, he is in control, and we believe that because of that, we are able to give out of what we have. So if that means um, you have a little bake sale once a month on your floor and you give the you know, $8.27 here, great. If you can give a quarter a week, a dollar a week, five bucks a week, we encourage you to make it a habit to give. Um, it's not something that we do when we have enough, it's something we do because we are obedient. So we call out that in each other, to give as God has blessed us. So we're going to have that offering every week. If you uh, know of somebody who may need the Community Care Fund, please send me an email and let me know of a need, Mary at calvin.edu. Very easy to remember. So we are going to take the offering at this time.
Will you pray with me? God, it is good to be in this place tonight, a place where we have sung praises to your name, a place where we have confessed when we have been made aware of our sin and repented of it and called to new life is a good and holy place to be. I thank you for my brothers and sisters in this room. I thank you for those who are new to our community. And I ask God that you will bless them richly. I pray for all those who are lonely yet and feel homesick that you will open the eyes of others to see their loneliness and to call them, to invite them to come with them to dinner or walk with them to chapel, to sit next to them at Loft. Lord, help us to be people who seek out those on the margins just as Jesus did. We pray for those who have gotten syllabi for the first time and are flipping through these documents or scrolling through them online and are overwhelmed by the work that's going to be required of them. And so we ask, Holy Spirit, that you bring comfort, that you bring courage to all of us who are called right now to study. This is our vocation, to follow you and to use our minds to bring you glory. So help us to be disciplined, help us to be focused, help us to use our studies to bring you glory to honor our teachers, to honor the gifts that you've given us. Lord, we pray for those who are in positions of leadership in the dorms, in KE, people who are in their houses. We ask that you will give them good wisdom and insight as they seek to lead well and learn those skills. We pray for all who are leading Bible studies that start this week. Thank you for your word and thank you that we know that when we gather around it, things are gonna happen that your word is living and active, that it's sharper than a double-edged sword. And so even if we've never been in a Bible study before or if we've led many of them, we pray that this experience is fresh and alive for everyone. Lord, we pray that because we gather around your word, you will change us and you will use us to change this campus and you will use us to change Grand Rapids. You will use us to change the world for your glory, to make your name great. And God, we are aware of the needs on our campus. Today, we pray for Ed and Leslie Miller. Ed, who teaches in Spanish, and Leslie, who works at admissions, as they mark the one-year anniversary of the passing of their daughter, Holly. We pray that you stand with them on this day we thank you that you are a God who is not far off when it comes to grief, but that you draw near. We thank you that Jesus knows what it's like to stand at the grave of a friend and weep. And he knows what it's like to die. And he knows what it's like to rise again. And so when we suffer loss, as many of us have, we thank you that you are a God who understands and a God who makes a difference. It's because of the resurrection that we gather here with any kind of hope at all. It's because of the resurrection that we can believe that li lives that have been dark and have been far from you can be made light and restored and brought close. It's because of the resurrection that we can worship you in spirit and in truth 
It's because of the resurrection that we are alive. And so we honor and celebrate and praise you, Jesus, for being the one who conquers death. And now, Lord, as we turn to that word, we pray that you will take this story that's old and make it fresh and powerful. And we pray this in the only way we can, and that is through the powerful name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people say, amen. So we are going to be working our way through the Sermon on the Mount. What a surprise. Um, here in Loft and in your Bible studies. So if you come to Loft, you'll kind of get a nice setup as to what your Bible study is going to be about this week. And if you're a Bible study leader, you may find it helpful uh, or at least provocative in some way that you can take back to your groups. So Matthew 5 is where we are beginning. Matthew 5, page 785 in the Pew Bibles. Page 785, Matthew 5. Last week we preached the end of chapter 4, which comes right before chapter 5. Good, just checking. Um, and we learned about Jesus calling his disciples and who he called and how he called them and about his healing ministry and how these lives were transformed for the kingdom. And so there we pick up the story at the beginning of Matthew 5. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely, or my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. So yesterday across campus, there were a variety of competitions that were going on. The cross-country team was running very fast, faster than other teams were running out of the cross-country trail. Yes. The soccer teams were playing. Yes, they were. They were playing soccer. That's what they do. The volleyball team was playing. Over across the belt line, there were people in mud. Yes, playing an assortment of games. And then over here on this side of campus, over in the track and tennis building, there are about 1,200 of my closest friends playing all kinds of silly games. Yes, yes. And whether you knew it or not, the reason you were standing in a circle holding hands, trying to get a hula hoop to go around the circle as many times as possible, or stand with five flat friends on two different planks and attempt to move forward in some sort of 
progress. The reason you were doing all of those things was so that you could win this. Mm-hmm. This is the plaque of champions. <laughs> That's right. And for the last two years, this has hung in Beats Veenstra. Yes. Yes, it has. But now, alas, or hurrah, it is moving to Schultze Eldersfeld. Yes. 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 Who, no, there's no booing. No booing. All grace. All grace in the house. All grace in the house. Um, and there's also a cup of participation, which Schultze Eldersfeld also won. And which I am thinking of using as a, uh, a loft bonus. Cup of participation for the most dorm people. No? Okay. <laughs> it's just a thought. Not all of them are good. Um, so this is a new plaque. You can see there, there were previous plaques that got all filled. And so this one just has two years on it. So if you live in SE and you come back in five or ten years, and this is hanging somewhere in some dorm, you will be able to walk in and point to this now empty plaque that will soon say Schulte, Ellisville, 2012. You'll be able to point to that and say, I did that. That was me. My name on the plaque. And if you lived in BV either of the last two years, you can point to these and be like, we did that. Right there, that was me. I did that. Yeah. Yeah, you can point and be like, I was on the tug-of-war team right there. You can't see it in this little small thing, but I was. It was me. And there are so many things in our lives that say the, the important thing is to get your name on the plaque. The important thing is to get your name up there. The important thing is to win and be the champion. That's the most important thing. We spent um, many hours this summer watching people who had worked very hard so that they could stand up on a little stand and have a medal placed around their neck. It's the most important thing. You heard the testimonies of athletes who said, I've been working for this for years. This has been my sole goal. They would run commercials that would say, I haven't watched television in three years, right? I don't even know what dessert looks like, right? <laughs> That's the level of sacrifice because Everything says the most important thing is to win. And even for those of us who aren't athletes, maybe our area is academics, and we think the most important thing is to get the A. The most important thing is the extra credit. The most important thing is to graduate with honors. I want a McGregor Fellowship. I want to be a Jubilee Fellow. I'm going for the Fulbright. That's the thing that I'm working on. That's my focus. That's my goal. Or maybe for you, it's a status thing, and you think, um, I'm going to be a business major, and I'm going to start a big company that is going to put Apple to shame. <laughs> That's my vision. That's what I'm working for. That's my goal. And all of these things, we say, this is what it matters. This is what matters, getting your name on something, making it big, getting it on your CV, putting it on your resume making a name for yourself. This isn't a new phenomenon. It's not like only Americans in the 21st century have this problem, right? We learned last week, for those of you who were able to worship with us last week, Sunday morning, we talked about Jewish families and how what was really important to them, it was they had little Jewish sons, was to have their sons grow up and eventually study with a famous rabbi. 
That was most important. That was the thing that they worked for. So when their kid was little, they, be, they were sure that they went to good schools. And then when he was a little bit older, they wanted him at harder schools. And then they, they said, go to that rabbi, see if you can get in with him. Go to that rabbi, see if you can get in with him. Because the family status would increase if the Jewish kids studied with a great rabbi. They wanted their boys to be rabbis. They wanted their girls to marry rabbis. That's what they wanted. They wanted their businesses to flourish. They wanted things to go well. You can actually see this in Jesus' parables. You lose a coin, what do you do? You look for it. You search for it. And the woman probably searched for it because it was part of her dowry. It was part of her identity. It was part of her value and her worth. You lose a sheep, what do you do? You go look for it. That's part of your wealth. That's part of your value. That's part of who you are. And if someone's throwing a banquet, a really good excuse is to say, I've been blessed in a different area of my life, so I'm not going to the banquet. I just bought five oxen. I'm going to go test them out. That's, that's what I'm going to do. I don't want to go have lunch with you. I'm going to do this. I just bought a field. You see how I'm moving up in the world? I have more land now. That gives me more status. It's evidence that things are going well with me. I'm getting married. I'm not going to go to lunch with you. Do you see? I'm getting married. This is more important. And so you can see in the parables of Jesus how the culture of the day was always saying to them, you got to look for more. you got to look for the next best thing. you got to up your ante. you got to be better than you are. So Jesus, who's called these disciples and these sick people to come and be with him, he sits down on the top of a hill and he brings out this. This is the cup of perspective. That's right. Now, who wins the cup of perspective? I know who won it this year, BB. Yes, shout out to BB. Yes, but why do you win the cup of perspective? Because you lost. That's exactly right. Because you're humble. Mm, do you shout that out in public? Was that you, Burden? Nice. You win it because you lose. Right? If seven dorms, if you're like five, six, or seven, you've got the odds of winning the cup of perspective. And you have to be a good sport, right? You have to cheer well for other teams. You need to be a good player. And I'm just going to say things. Um, you could do curls with this, all right? <laughs> The marble on the way to the base of this is quite substantial. So Jesus, at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, he says, everything in the world tells you to get your name out there. You be number one. You've got to be the champion. That's the only thing that matters. You've got to have a kid who follows a rabbi. You have to have a daughter who's more beautiful than anybody else. You have to have a business that's successful. You've got to have it all. And Jesus goes up on the top of the mountain and he says, cup of perspective.
Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now remember who was around him. The disciples that he called were the leftovers that nobody else wanted to call. The people who had just been healed had spent most of their lives on the margins of society because they had some wound, they had some disease, they had something that didn't allow them to be in community. And so Jesus goes up and before he says all the other things he's gonna say in the Sermon on the Mount, he does these blessings, these nine blessings. Blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the meek, the pure in heart. And it's really easy for us to imagine that this is like the prelude. This is the preamble that Jesus is throwing out the niceties before he really tells us what he wants us to do. Like this is the hallmark card part and you just kind of flip through it to get to the real meat of the Sermon on the Mount. But if we do that, we're not understanding what the idea of blessing means. And if you look throughout scripture, you get some good insights into what it means to bless or to be blessed. Some of you who've grown up in the church or some of you who know the Bible know the story of Jacob and Esau. Twin brothers, they did not get along. We're not friends. Esau was born first, which meant that Esau had the right to the birthright. That was his. Jacob wanted the birthright. And so, some of you know that he made a really good what? Soup or stew of some kind. And it smelled so good that when Esau came in from the fields, Jacob said, I'll let you have some if you give me my birthright. And you know he was a brother, you know, he was a little brother, so he was like, yeah, I'll let you have some if you give me your birthright. Right? And Esau was like, I don't care about the birthright, just give me the soup. So he eats the soup. And then Jacob and his mom do this scheme and they dress him up so he looks like Esau, and he goes into their father, Jacob, and he says, bless me. And Jacob, who's blind, Isaac, who's blind, is like, um, are you really? Yeah, I'm really him. Yeah, bless me. That'd be great. So he lays his hands on him, and he gives Jacob the blessing. Esau finds out that this has happened, and he is so mad. He's so angry that he threatens to kill him. And so Jacob's got to flee that's the power of blessing. It's not a hallmark card. It's not a little nicety. It's not like the southern, Lord bless their hearts. Not like that. <laughs> it's not that at all. A blessing in the biblical sense is so powerful that if it ends up going to the wrong person, you would kill for it. That's the power of blessing. Because what blessing does is it calls out of you things that you can't even imagine for yourself. When Isaac lays his hands on Jacob, he calls out of him and he says, may you be blessed. May you have flocks and herds. May you have children and children's children. May you be blessed by God above for your whole life. He calls out of things that Jacob does not deserve. He calls out of him blessing that is beyond his asking or imagining. And so Jesus has these people around him, people who have spent their entire life knowing that they were never going to get their name on a plaque. And what he does 
is call out of them blessing. And from what we know about blessing, he didn't just sit up on the, on the hill, kind of cast a thoughtful look. Yeah, blessed are the poor in spirit. There's the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the um, meek there in heaven. Blessed are the um, merciful. Uh, what we know about Jesus and what we know about blessing is it was probably a lot more like this. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they're going to be comforted. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. That's how it was. Blessed are the merciful, for they will obtain mercy. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. <laughs> Blessed. Blessed are you when people persecute you. Blessed are you. And when Jesus is going around and calling these blessings out of people, the only reason he can do it is because of the last half of the first blessing. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. Rejoice and be glad for these things the prophets have told us about. The kingdom of heaven is among you. That's what he began his ministry saying, repent. The kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is near. And Jesus is not talking about the sweet by and by when you die. That's not the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about a place in which the poor in spirit, people who are so impoverished that they have been rejected their entire lives, people who are the weak, the worthless, the rejects, a place where the poor in spirit find blessing. And they have things called out of them that they can't even imagine. Blessed are you, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. And in the kingdom of heaven, the last are first. In the kingdom of heaven, the weak are strong. In the kingdom of heaven, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness are filled. In the kingdom of heaven, things can happen that you can only imagine. Blessed are you. Blessed are you. And the only way to understand the rest of the Sermon on the Mount is to understand this first part. That Jesus is calling out of people things that they could not do on their own. Could someone who has been completely impoverished, everything's been taken away from them, would they be able in and of their own strength to be able to say, yeah, I'm pretty blessed. Life's going pretty well for me. No. What's the only way you can say that? The only way you say that is that when blessing has been called out of you in the name of Jesus Christ. I was talking with a friend this week who has suffered significant loss. She was talking about how over time she's learned to process that loss. And she says that her level of empathy for other people who encounter loss is so much higher now because of what she herself has experienced. In the kingdom of heaven, 
Those who mourn are comforted not with flowers and not with Hallmark cards. They are comforted in the kingdom of heaven by knowing that their mourning does not end in mourning. They are comforted by knowing that their mourning can be changed eventually, slowly, into coming alongside someone else who mourns and pointing them to the kingdom of heaven. Their mourning can be changed and transformed because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So even though our friends today, Ed and Leslie, stand at the grave of their daughter and grieve, they do not do so as people who have no hope. They do so as people who claim the resurrection and know that their mourning will be transformed by the love of Jesus Christ into something that they cannot imagine. That's what it means to be in the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't mean that everything in your life is going to turn out fine. Listen to me. It doesn't mean that everything in your life is going to turn out fine. That's not what it means to follow Jesus. That's not what we signed up for. It means that in our time when we are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, it means when we are desperate for mercy, it means that when we are pure in heart and longing to see God, it means that because of the blessing of Jesus upon us, that these things will be called out of us. Blessed are you. Blessed are you, Jesus says, because you know that there's more to this life than this life. Blessed are you for knowing that there's more to this life than getting on the honor roll. Blessed are you for knowing there's more to this life than moving up from JV to varsity. Blessed are you for knowing there's more to this life than finding the perfect spouse. P.S. There isn't one. <laughs> Blessed are you for knowing what is most Important, blessed are you that have come up and take a long drink from the cup of perspective. Blessed are you, Jesus says, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. For you understand what really matters. And it's not even chaos day trophies. Blessed are you when you move into your life and day by day you don't imagine that things will be perfect or right, but you listen for the voice of the one who is going to call things out of you that you can't even imagine. When he lays his hands on your shoulders and he says, blessed are my beloved daughter, my precious son. Blessed are you, not because of what you have done, but because of what Christ has done for you. The blessings we have are because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, who points us constantly to the kingdom of God, a place in which mourners are fully comforted and those who hunger are fully filled, and the pure at heart, and the peacemakers, and those who've been persecuted, see God face to face.
tonight, my friends, we're going to bless you. I'm going to pray in just a minute, and then um, we have five clergy people here. They're going to stand up here at the front. We invite you to come. That's why you're wearing the name tags. We invite you to come forward, and each one of them is going to bless you in the name of the Lord. And I'm going to ask that before you come up, you spend some time praying for the word that God wants you to hear. Um, each one of them has things that they're invited to say, but I fully believe that the Spirit may have something particular for some of you. So before you come up, spend some time in prayer and think about it. And our, um, our servants today are Aaron Winkle, who's our chaplain for uh, upper-class students, Dirk Van Eyck, who's the pastor of Encounter Church, Dirk Bursma, who is an editor for Zondervan, Michelle Lloyd-Page, who is our Dean of Multicultural Affairs and on uh, ministerial staff of a church in Muskegon, and myself. So there'll be five stations. Come forward when you're ready and receive a blessing as God calls out of you more than you can ask or imagine. Will you pray with me? Our God, we thank you that in a culture that pushes for more and better and most and best, you love those who are last and little and lost and least. And so we pray, Holy Spirit, that in this time of blessing, you will come and speak to us and through us. We pray for our brothers and sisters who will be blessing us, that they will be attentive to the voice of your spirit we pray for those who receive blessings, that they will feel things that are called out of them that they could not do by themselves, but can only do because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Thank you for how you bless us. Thank you for how you transform us. In the name of Jesus, we pray, and all God's people say, amen.